Good people and fellow students, welcome to another episode of All That Yaz. Today we're joined by two captivating thespians. One of them is an actor who every time I've seen him on screen has adorned a different accent, whether it be from Central Africa or proper British to American and Deep Zulu on international productions like The Roots and Beautifully Broken. Separate to what we're about to talk about, he also starred in one of my favorite short films of this year thus far in The Ring of Beasts. The other has cut his teeth within theater, bringing epic Shakespearean roles to life as well as having starred in local hit productions like Mbebe the seed. The first time I saw him was on, on, on one of my favorite local web streets, Freedom Street, as he played a taxi driver driven towards a corner to do criminal things. Together, they're here to talk about Chomax's monumental series, The Wife, which is an adaptation from the best-selling novel, Shlomo, the series, um, which since it has premiered this week on Chomax has become its most streamed show. I'm here with Bonko Koza and Quenzo Mobo. How are you guys doing? Hey, bro. That's a beautiful intro. Thank you. I feel way I feel way better after that kind of an intro. No, we we good, bro. Thank you. I'm good. I'm good, sir. That is good to hear. How was today going? How's the actual how's set life on Shlomo actually feeling like? Bro, set life is uh is hectic, dude. It's twelve hour days, back to back scenes, 120 episodes to deliver. So I wouldn't say we have pressure. We're on a tight schedule and we, we promised the fans three episodes a week. I always connotate it to a, a a train. It's a moving train. It has stops, but it moves. When it's in motion, it doesn't stop. We usually have one-day weekends and then we alternate one-day weekends, two-day weekends. This weekend is our first two-day weekend in, oh, in two weeks. Oh, so you get to rest tomorrow. Yeah, oh, <laughs> really. we get to rest from work with the launch and everything. Um, we're going to be doing a couple of press runs, a couple of appearances. But a book launch, we're going to be doing tomorrow somewhere. And then, yes, we're resting. So before we actually get into the full conversation of what we're getting into, for those who haven't either read the book or heard of the series, can you guys both introduce what Shlomo the wife is as well as the characters that you guys are playing? We are part of a series called The Wife. It's a Showmax's first ever telenovela, 120 episodes, uh, three seasons, and it's based on a series of books called The Shlomo Series, which includes Shlomo the Wife, Zandile the Resolute, and Naledi the Love. It's based on love and this family called the Zulu brothers or the Zulu family is made up of eight brothers. They moved to Johannesburg through a very hectic tragedy and they moved to Johannesburg at a very young age and had to fend for themselves for the longest time. And our story picks up when an innocent young journalist kind of falls in love with one of them, uh, which is Mukhaila played by myself. The rest unfolds, but Gwenzo plays my brother and he'll, he'll tell you the rest. Some of the scenes that you'll get to see in the show, they are twisted. And what the channel and the production has done is to explore the world of Sistudu. And then you've seen in the book, there is no um, scene where Mkele and Power are fighting over Oshon. On screen, there is. It's a very, very, very nice um, an interesting way to look at it because the book is also lovely and also the, the script is also lovely. So people, they're going to have to choose which one it is. <laughs> Jerry's a fool shot in your man. Give me a dot. Give me a dot. Let's try to get my job. Let's try to get them to that. Let's try to get my job. Let's try to get them to that. 
this is something very interesting in that we don't have a lot of local adaptations going from scripts to screen. Black texts specifically, we've had happiness is a four-letter word, and moreover, our adaptations are usually more of stuff which is in the public domain or international adaptations like your Ugly Bettys or your um, Shakespeare productions, which have then turned into local things. But this has been very unique in that it is a local script to screen which has blown up and with that there's been a lot of attention even from the casting process I think the when the casting was announced it was the first time I've ever seen a cast announcement trend on Twitter the type of fanfare that has surrounded this has actually been quite insane which I'm then assuming the process in choosing this was kind of also maybe a little bit more extensive than usual so what was the actual audition process like going into Tlomo? Well, for me, when I first got the call, the audition, it was in March. And at that time, I was busy with another show, so I couldn't do the audition. I thought in my head, they've already casted and they've moved on. And that was around June, when I also got another gig doing a theatre show. If I'm not mistaken, it was in June, when we went to lockdown. So we couldn't do the show. Yeah. And then I got a call when they invited me to come and audition. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me go. And boom, it happened. So the audition process for me was very nervous. And at the same time, I was hungry for anything. Coming from the theater background, everything was shut down. So this for me was a blessing. I was in the middle of another job and I got COVID and like a really trippy asymptomatic experience of COVID, right? Like I saw the results and I'm like, and I have to send this to the production, right? And she calls me back, she's like, dude, did you see a result? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I was a, I'm, I was a lead on that show as well. She's like, dude, no way, he's going to call you another doctor. Until they booked me off and the doctor came, he's like, that guy's positive. I'm like, but fine. So I was home, I get this brief and like oh the wife based on this book and i'm literally staring at the book on my shelf i'm like ain't that a bitch <laughs> like okay character has been sent to me it's the bad guy i'm like okay cool i know this guy having read the book before it was a whole different process for me there's some briefs that come my way where i'm like okay cool how are we gonna how are we gonna map this up mm. you know trying to get a feel for the writing and kind of trying to get a feel for the texture of the show and how this might look. And you're looking at who's directing it. You're like, okay, this is probably going to sound and look like this. And you kind of, you know, where to pitch your performance. And especially by now, you kind of know the directors and they work and they preferences. Like, ah, oh, cool, I'm working with Zueli. I'm working with Holini Gil. You kind of know the gents and how they work. Yeah. So with this was like, okay, cool, Showmax, brief. They're doing this book. It's a series. I'm more boggled by like what is going on. Showmax is doing it. Stained Glass is doing it. It's like, okay, cool. But my point is, is like, it was just tangible from the jump. Look, I did do a lot of work to get to what you guys will see and, and what you see. But I mean, just access to whom Kele is and was, was like somebody I knew. I had already imagined, look, so I think I bought it in 2017, my wife read it first, and it took me about, I'd say two, three weeks kind of patiently reading it. But that three weeks of reading the novel, you get to know these people. I understand how when people, when it was announced that there's going to be a show, 
Like everyone has, you know, these people do, they are tangible, whatever face you use. You created that and that face is perfect for you because nothing actually beats your imagination when it comes to, yeah, that's the magic of reading books. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's so, it's so colorful. It's so real to you when you immersed in a book and when you come out of it, you feel like you want to come out of this world with them. So for me, I was like, I've had that experience with this character. I'm not searching for him. I know him. I had three weeks with him however many years ago. So it was just like so different. Just like, let's tape it, dude. Like I learned the lines and I was like, this is how I think it is. Yeah. There's also a confidence or a different process. I wouldn't say confidence. There's a different process when you're on a job and auditioning and when you don't have work and auditioning. There's a different energy to it. What is that energy? I'm very curious. Uh, when you have one and you're looking and you're auditioning and when you don't have one and you're looking. I think it's, it's momentum, dude. So what happens is, with actors, it's taken me a very long time to, to understand this and kind of mask it in myself. We walk into audition rooms and need the job. Remember, when you walk into an audition room, the casting directors are looking for a character, not an actor. Yeah. Mm. So you you literally being cast as soon as you walk in the door based on how you carry yourself and, and how, what this means to you. There's a weird thing that humans do where desperation kind of repels and confidence is more of an attractive energy and, and it just it doesn't even happen in the audition room as well but like with anything with with marketing and sales like the harder people push for something the more we go uh, the more people that are like chilled about it be like hey that draws us in so when you're on a job there's a confidence and a momentum because you're shooting every day. Your mind is like, you're picking up lines every day. You're reciting lines. Every, you're acting every day. You're warm, dude. You're, you're, you're warmed up. So if anything comes your way, like whatever production you're on is lucky to have you in that space, right? They, that's why they pay you to be in that space of, of, of competence the whole time. But now imagine another guy comes and says, audition for this role. You're going to kill it, dude, because you, you, you're in a competent space. But if you don't have work, right? You're in this, in this space where you're kind of grasping for things. It's just muddy, dude, you know? That's why I really respect um, people who, who's ever, like, their first break it is, or, like, if you haven't had work for a long time, or, 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 or if it's, like, your, your, your first big break. Because yeah. once you've surpassed that thing in yourself of, like, I need the job, and you, you've crossed over to the place of, like, fuck, I just want to act. And yeah. There's a different energy. You can tell, oh, man, this guy's so confident. He's just... You just come drop these bars and left where there's this other guy who's like, oh, guys, so what's happening? Yeah, I, I'm ready. Like, hey, dude, chill out. How are we going to spend eight months with you? When you are not working as an actor, you need to make sure that you are training yourself because this is a tool. You need to do a voice exercise and just find monologues, comedy monologue, tragedy, whatever. You need to keep training yourself at all time. If you haven't been doing the, all of these things, it's going to be very difficult for you to get a job. But I think for me, this is my biggest breakthrough, bro. And I'm very grateful of it. I have friends that we went to D2, Toman and Zouza, who was in uh, Hostela, uh, Dan, who plays Mabus on the River. We went to the same school. Then when we finished, graduated, and then they went to Joburg. I went to Joburg for a few um, weeks, and I, I didn't feel it. So I had to go back home and try and regroup myself. So I wanted to understand what is it that I want in order for me to keep going. And yeah. that time, I wanted theater. 
I've worked hard and it's what I really, really enjoy doing and I love doing, you know, because it's very authentic for me. Uh, the discipline that I've learned from working in theater, it's amazing, bro. It's amazing. Respect and, and, and everything is very important, you know. So when now I am in this place, of course, it's overwhelming because there's a lot of people seeing you. And I try by all means not to not to let it get into my head because I think it will mess up with my with my actual process. And I've seen people face that and I don't want to be part of that, bro. I just want to appreciate people. I love the support, but at the same time, it's, I need to stay focused. And I'm getting a good energy from this guy, bro. Working with him, it's amazing. He's a great talent. Yo, bro. He's Which old. is a very good segue into my best actual you, next best question. Best because mm. uh, watching the first three episodes, one of the things which captivated me the most was the chemistry between all of you as characters, whether it's the brothers or whether it's you and Klomo. You don't act by yourself. Acting is a giving thing. You give and the other person gives. So for you guys with this, what was the process like in actually building this chemistry, which fields energetic and lived in within the actual show there's a level of professionalism you need to have to play at this level right remember the train i told you that we shoot 12 hours a day for six yeah. days a week so there's a certain level of professionalism you need to have to play with Showmax and then on this type of stuff i would first say like the casting is so important right because casting is deciding i'm going to spend however many months with this guy Casting is sometimes not even about your talent, right? There's a lot of things that get involved. Whoever made the choices of the people we have really knows what they're doing, right? Because I had not known, I knew two other guys. I knew Monzi from a, from a different job, like years ago. And yeah. Ishmael and I went to high school together and we did like an, a commercial campaign together once. Otherwise, like, I didn't know anybody. But from the day that we got there, you could just tell we're brothers. And I don't know if it's in the look or if it's in the height. Something was threaded for us before we got there. It wasn't like there'll be a light-skinned guy among us and we're like, hmm, this is more of an acting choice or I don't know what, you know, this is more of a star choice or whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> the weird castings, you're like, yeah, no, dude, nothing was questionable. It was like, I look at our photos together sometimes, I'm like, fuck, dude, where do they get like a little doppelganger? Like we could go around in clubs and be like, hey, brother, my brother. It, it's so weird. Yeah, but he's got a beard. And like, we talk, I don't know if it's going to happen. If they let us play with our creativity, I want to grow the beard and, and he does this. Just to further prove the point that like, this shit is so well cast. I look at like Abdul and then, okay, Abdul and I have the same surname. So we're probably related somehow, but we've got the same kind of cheekbones. And I'm just like, like how? So the casting, my bro, already that makes you feel at home, right? In, in some sort of a habitat. We like, if we're playing brothers, we really look like brothers. One thing down. Then then it's like, there's more nuances that you just start connecting. Like, okay, as long as that's cool. Okay, cool. Another thing down. Or, hey, you like football. We also like football. One thing down. Then eventually, you're not giving attention to the dissimilarities. Because yeah. the similarities are so much. And once you focus on that, it cultivates something else, something more. And when I say professionalism, right? Like you said, dude, the give game in acting is the job. So your job is really to give yourself, it takes something in, digest it, and give some more. So we've got professional givers, dude, you know? So if someone says, I'm your brother, the man's like, yes, let's. We all understand what acting is. And Nguyenza comes from theater, and so do I. So the term, yes, let's, or the, the ensemble, you know, you have to have come from a theater background to understand that acting is a yeah. give game. There's trust games. 
You're not alone in acting. Nobody drops the ball. One of the things I love most about theater is that because also you have to live in the moment. Someone can say a line which is meant to be like five pages later by mistake. And all of you then have to like chip in and find a way to, to first of all, make the audience not know that you've jumped five pages and then still bring it back. And that that's not something which would be possible if the other actors or the ensemble aren't givers. Those are actually the moments that I think I remember the most because it's just where you had to work as a team to then say, how do we get out of this situation? That is yes, yes. Because we all know what the fuck just happened, right? We all know. <laughs> From the stage manager, everybody's like, shit. They're like, wait. <laughs> They're like, okay. Oh, shit. And Mr. Lion. That's the <laughs> end. It's the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's yeah, he put, he puts the end line in the middle, like it's crazy. So there weren't any like chemistry said. This was literally something where you guys didn't met like at table reads and that one. Oh no, 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 no. Um so we had chemistry tests. I had a couple of editions. I sent a self-tape in my COVID time and it was quiet, even finished the other job, and next thing they're like, hey. And then they're like, Hey, can you come do chemistry with a bunch of clones? And I was like, Okay, cool. Me and who? They're like, nah, just you. <laughs> like, okay. that really? <laughs> yeah, that really, I was like, oh, guys, let's let's make the deal. What's so we talking about? Now I must come in, read for you guys. They're like, because I'm also trying to understand what am I, what am I changing in my performance? Who am I up against? I like to not compete, but I like to know who else is on the list so I don't play the same chord as them. Yeah. It's nice when they send when I know it's okay now. Uh, Gwenzo's gonna be there then I know I'm not going to do what Gwenzo would do because on other jobs, I will use what Gwenzo does. Do you get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So on other jobs, I steal from Gwenzo and I imitate Gwenzo. So, but now if I'm up against Gwenzo, I need to kind of play you another want a little beat. bit more to say, let me throw this yeah. trick here. To also give him space, whatever choices he makes, I'm not, you'll never know whatever choices another actor makes, but it's like, I'm going to try to do something that's contrast to what Gwenzo does. So I was like, yeah, who's, who else is it? They're like, nah, it's just you. I'm like, okay, cool. So I did chemistry reads with two other films. And it's funny because in Valente and I were, we still connected after that audition. Yeah. It's like, it was weird. It was like, it should be the last time I ever see you again if the coin falls on the one side, literally 50-50. But I had the PDF and I was like, have you read the book? And she's like, no. I'm like, let me send it to you. Then somehow we exchanged numbers call each other like hey did you get the call no did you get the call no i think she was the first one to be like yeah i got it i'll get the call you then i was left alone for a couple of weeks or a couple of days <laughs> eventually when i do get the news they're like oh yeah yeah dude you were the only guy you for, me, told me I, that for me that would have been the sign because it's also kind of cruel to then make you do all those chemistry tests if you know you're the only person and there's no one else doing it and then you don't get the job. I know that it happens. I, at least I've heard yeah. stories of it actually happening. Yeah. But the thought yeah. process of it actually sounds quite cruel to then make someone do all of that if they're the only person doing it and then not get the job. W was the same thing for you? Did you have to do chemistry tests as brothers or with any other parts of the cast? Oh, me? Yeah. No, I didn't get to do any chemistry test. The only chemistry that created is... When we were reading the whole cast, we have Abdul here, Safta Wheeler. Because I knew Bonko, I saw him doing ads. I saw a couple of guys, um, Sipo, Ishmael. 
uh, Tulani. And I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Abdul did a great thing, like in, in, in terms of like giving us direction, because I think he is one of the greatest. He doesn't deserve to be here, you know, and he guided us. He didn't have any wings, Red Bull wings, but he was like right there. He was committed. And then he brought us together. I'm a very shy guy when I meet people. At first, I'm trying to read energies. And what he has done, he just brought us together and just created this bond. He was amazing. This whole giving thing, like my mind is still really relishing that whole idea, right? Because if it wasn't for Abdul's generosity with himself, do you know how highly esteemed I personally think of that man? Do you like my mom's favorite actor? He's my co-star. Like when my mom found out, like, dude, I love that guy. You with that guy? What the hell? Tell him I say hello. I'm like, relax. Relax. But when you get on set, that man is an artist, bro. He is a fellow artist. I can't truthfully genuinely call him my brother dude. he acts so well that you would think he he has some of the traits of the characters he plays yeah but he's yes. nothing like what he shows on tv you know yeah he's the most humble generous sweetest like yeah. abdul is so sweet and i think he knew that this is what this needs because these boys they, they still like like when's saying hey they still reserve they shy here in the background yeah. and let's just come boys come 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 come, come. And it's just like, dang, dude. Do you remember when we, after three days when we when we met, he already created the character. He started reading the book when he got casted. After that, like straight up, he created a character. Whenever we would meet up, he would become the character. He's, he's crazy. Now I've got a very random question, which has very little to do with actual craft. The wife has very poetic, it's written very poetically. In the third episode alone, the amount of Mac that you bonko throw is just a lot in terms of just pure dialogue. So I want to know from both of you, have you ever like within the script seen a really beautifully written line, which you then incorporate that into your real life and just use that as actual game or use that for any other purposes? I'm very intrigued <laughs> because if you haven't, it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So these these are bars, dude. <laughs> like you guys get thrown bars. Like I think there was, there was a line where she's talking about how long have you been waiting here, and you're like, my whole life. I was like, this nigga, look at this nigga. <laughs> I was like, now wait a damn minute. <laughs> the scale of work you've had has been very has led for a lot of poetic work. So do you find yourself actually using that within your real life? And if so, what are some of the ways that that's actually happened? I think it's context, bro. Sometimes there's lines that live in the reality of whatever world that it's in. But yeah. it's, you know, few and far between when you get those opportunities. Look, I'm married, so I can't really use anything that Michaela says in real context. I can butter my wife up here I was about there. to say, no, you, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, do yeah, that, yeah. you can do that. <laughs> I can do that, but I've got my own gang, nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, bro. I got my own bars, bro. I don't need no niggas bars from no book. But like, um, I got a show coming out in Jag where I play like this comedian, and I think it was really well written. And some of the jokes I would like share at parties when we're hanging out, like, hey, dude. 
Dumi Muraki was also one of the writers, and then her husband Paul. They wrote a couple of episodes of that show, and I was like, these bars. Yeah. This is funny. I'm keeping this. Like, I lo- <laughs> love your work. I'm taking this. Like, just screenshots so I don't forget. Just like take a photo of your sides. Um, but otherwise, yeah, context, bro. Sometimes a. I don't know how many few occasions I'll say. For me, it's very stupid, you know. For me, I've done theatre for a very long time, you know. So when I'm with my girl, I would use "Good Morrow," you know, <laughs> stuff like, <laughs> like "Good Morrow," babe. And she would ask, "What does that supposed to mean?" Oh, it's good morning, actually. But, you uh, see, also the risks of these things. <laughs> but you see, he's taken from Shakespeare. Yeah, it's a full on throwback. It's, it's a lot riskier taking from Shakespeare, taking from the classics. Do you understand? I just wake up, I'm like, good morrow, good morrow, babe. <laughs> and then, I'm not a guy of many words. With Shakespeare, I've done it for a very long time and uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. So I would take those small onion things to play around with. You know, double Yeah, Also, also I think that the thing is, with our work, you really got to have a fine line, not even fine, a clear line between you and your character and what you're doing. The mind is also one giant room, right? Where everything lives in little corners. It goes without saying that if you say that line again in a different context, your brain knows where it's from. And then it's like, ah. And it's kind of like working when you're trying to be yourself. Like that's work, you know? I get so that it's like, because yeah. it's, it's a very unique position because you create this character and you speak as this character and you're the whole separating uh, the artist from, or well, at least having whatever your process is, whether it's stepping out and putting on shoes or doing this. I know there's different like processes that people have. And sometimes if you don't have those processes, it then becomes a lot harder to let the character rest, especially yes. when you need to. Yeah, for me, it's been a very um, different process because every single character that I've done, I am able to walk away from. I think it comes from the training that I've got from PUT because on each semester, we would do exams and then we would audition for students who are third years and stuff like that. Maybe I would get casted for 10 shows. I would go to this rehearsal with the scripts. My bag would be packed with scripts. and then A baptism by fire. (laughs) back you know and that's how i wish this industry would would be you know back to back you go to rhythm city there and then go to scandal but for me it helped me a lot to be able to change you know not to stick in one character yeah i am able now to walk away from every character that i've done in the past So now moving back to actually Flomu and the topic which you were speaking about earlier in terms of this reception, because this has been, this is your breakthrough role. What has the actual reception been like, even from the cast announcements until now that it's actually out? I was so nervous when we were told that we're going to introduce the brothers. I knew the weight that the series of books carries. And I know that people have been invested in this story. You know, now other people have created this world and these characters. And then now, boom, 
his little brothers. <laughs> and then we got toasted. We got toasted. But after that, I was like, okay, you know, I believe that we're doing a very good job while we were shooting. I believe this is going to be amazing because I believe in our bond as the brothers. I did believe in our bond as the brothers. So for that, I was like, this is going to change their minds. Yeah. So when we started doing the interviews, me and Bonko, and we were very close, you know, I love them. And then people saw the bond. Other people started changing and then they were like, oh, we love these brothers. The way that they are off screen it's it, 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 it's beautiful and with that we slowly were able to change their minds in a way and it got released and then boom it's positive response positive response positive response so it's exciting it's exciting it's really exciting look for me that same idea of like with with the chemistry read like being being the only one kind of thing and like like the same confidence must remember this is all still sequential so it's not like one process stops and the other one begins so since the moment i looked at the brief and looked at the book the idea that this is so easy for me that kind of confidence mm -hmm. and the fact that i was on a job like that confidence i still had it dude you know what i mean i didn't give a fuck what anyone said bro i didn't give a ish like in reality no one has ever played this character there's no pressure this is a fictional person yeah. so it's like I will be the first face of it then. In the future, if they do it again, they'll cast around me or help, you know. Like <laughs> You'll be the benchmark as to where to deviate yeah. from if need be. Dude, at the end of the day, once they put my photo and Hele there, like, that's it. There's mm. no there's no fight. There's no arguments. There's nothing we're going to do or say. I am Mkhele. And well, once I booked the job, I was like, okay, now I start working and like doing the real work, you know, the process and building a physique, a voice, uh, whatever. But I didn't know also how big her fans were and how powerful her fans were and how vocal her fans were. I think this whole, this whole process is about giving Dudu the credit she deserves. Yeah. The fact that she has so many South Africans reading reading dude these are all novel readers if she hasn't captured every single black woman who can actually read i don't know where the, the other ones live my guy everyone knows this also quite shocked because like is this the same book like and also it made sense that you also have the book in your house <laughs> yeah. it was like, like, in my head i'm like why are you why are you so shocked because i'm like you had the book yeah when dude, you got the, no, call, the book was it was right there <laughs> no, dude, but it was like, okay, so I'll tell you how we bought the book, right? So my wife's friend is a writer, Spungle Fisher. She was doing a talk. One of her writings were in like a collection and they were launching that book as well. I think Dudu was talking because when we got there, they were selling these books like hotcakes. And she was like, hey, there was a writer here. This is so good. You guys, you might want to get this book. This is Spungle now telling my wife. So my wife buys the book as courtesy to her friend, right? Yeah. And like, just like, yes, let's buy the book. She's so happy about it. She reads the book because it's like, hey, we, we have this book. Let me just read it. Kind of thing, you understand? So the energy yeah. behind it wasn't, I don't know how other people learned about this thing, but then I've come to learn that there was a blog. Dudu started a blog and there has been like a Facebook cult following that grew, you know, but that's my experience. I was like, 
you're like, hey, just someone tells you about a book, you buy the book, you read it, you like it. I also read it. I'm like, okay, cool. Nice book. Really, really nice book. Like, really good book. But I'm like, yeah. I'm not really a book guy. So I'm like, yeah, for books, this is a brilliant book. I'm more of a movies guy. I'm more of a films guy. I like to watch things. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, nice. this is a really good book. I still have it. I'll keep it here, you know. But dude, when this thing came out and the, it was announced as a series, wow, bro. They came out of nowhere, bro, from um, between the cracks, bro. You guys were trending at number one for a cast announcement. I have been on Twitter since 2010. I have never seen a South African production trend on a cast announcement saying these are the people playing characters or these are people in the show. And it didn't trend for one day. It was it was an ongoing conversation. Yeah. That's when I was like, okay, this is a lot bigger than I had anticipated because I got right? the press review. This again felt very close to like the hype I was feeling around happiness is a four letter word. Also from a book, the excitement I was feeling before the movie came out was, was something that I'd never felt before because there were so many people invested. The iconography was already there. So the, the, the market of people, there were market of people who were going to see this thing realized. There are people like me who didn't know it was a book then saw the movie then i was like okay let me go see the book just adding on what you're saying this was a lot bigger i did not know it was as big as it clearly is i didn't either when when we announced and everything it was just like all of a sudden everyone knows about the wife like some of my boys were like hey my girlfriend read the i'm like your girlfriend read the book <laughs> when <laughs> like i know i'm not i'm not and i wouldn't know this stuff it's like <sighs> yeah because it wouldn't come My up in conversation system. unless there was a triggering point for it to actually come up in conversation. Mm. Yes, sir, you were saying? I, I, I interrupted you. But I'm saying my little sister read the book. She's 22 years. She read a book a couple of years ago when she was 18, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you read this? How interesting is it? Mm. Mm. When? Where did you get this from? Hmm? There's such a wave, right? So my brain is starting to see things in like groups instead of individual because before my instagram was like see my fans and i know okay i'm expecting a dm from this guy i can dm this guy and i know all my statuses but now it's like waves of people so there's like gratitude people then there's there's those we're really excited yeah then there's those i want to watch but i have to go study then i'm like okay but like a huge (laughs) amount where it's like i've got an exam that day so wendell what i'm saying you is that they're reading this thing bruh i don't know if the person i'm talking to is or who's sending me this message is 16 or 15 because there's a whole bunch of people who are writing exams and who had this exam excuse. So I'm just like, I'm also trying to gauge the target market of Pella. Don't don't forget. We haven't before day before yesterday, we hadn't experienced the TV world before yesterday. It was all people who've read the book. Yes. It also gave me faith and restored my faith in like, if all this has been caused by black females who read, we are like in safe hands, dude. I think it's just been a thing of also, if you look at the general scope of television, right? And this is even when you're looking at the main broadcasters, we don't have niche channels. Most of the Yomzanti Magic, SABC 1, 2, 3, ETV, when you're pitching to them, you're pitching a show which is of general public in terms of you have to account for a seven-year-old being able to watch it and an 84-year-old being able to watch it. With that, 
as writers and even as creatives, there's, there's a sort of type of cap of content that you can give because you're going for a mass audience. Because of that, we then lose or we, we then not become cognizant of all these other little markets, which have always existed and are continuously thriving, which we ourselves are a part of, but because it's not in the mainstream, we don't know until something then brings that to the mainstream. And something like Showmax and streaming doesn't have to account for a seven-year-old to an 84-year-old. It can say this is 16 up and you guys can go as buck wild as you, as you can go. And they're using adaptations also to kind of bring that because it had trackers. Now there's this. So first we're building up audiences who already have an inbuilt audience to kind of say this is yeah. the market that can take this type of thing and then now we can bring in original stuff like i'm incredibly excited for blood psalms which is going to then change that even a little bit more because it is television type cinema so i think right now as we keep growing over the next five to ten years we will then start seeing the full scope of what it is not just that we can as creatives watch but what the actual south african consumer consumes outside of the mainstream to then say this is a viable product that can find its little niche to support yeah, it. Yeah, true, true. What are some of the things that you believe people should be looking forward to watching as the wife goes through? They can expect for something that's new, especially um, here in South Africa. We've never had a story that has this kind of bond uh, that the Zulu brothers have. I don't think they have seen that. But as the story grows, you will see more more of it. It's the first time ever we're going to see the story about eight brothers who are always in the frame together. I think technically that's one of the toughest things. Look, it's not the first time paperback comes to life. It's Cry the Beloved Country, like back, back. I'm trying to Counted from like way back, yeah. right? Cry the beloved country, Jock of the Bushveld. I'm trying to think of Spud. Spud. You know, so it's not the first time, but I think this nature of the story is like, man, it's technically impossible. Yo, bro, the guns, the death, the twists, the betrayal. I think we we did not take what Dudu wrote word for word, and though we can't imitate whatever Dudu's imagination is, but I think. What Stained Glass and Showmax tried to do is give you kind of the same quality of, you know, that as yeah, when yeah. you read the book, but on screen. What goes on in this show is just freaking weird and crazy, dude. You're just like, I, I don't know if you've seen episode, you've seen episode three, right? Yeah, no, I, I've, I've, I've gone one, two, three, and I. And you've I seen the see- end of episode three. Yes. Sir, (laughs) I I was just the last eight minutes was a lot, but the last scene, I was like, the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I think each episode, but episode three particularly, I loved that scene, Abdul's scene when when he's getting roasted. There's laughter, there's humor, there there is those Mm. gasp Mm. moments, and I was Mm. gasping in episode three. I was like, okay, so... I have to yeah. be back next week, unfortunately. I, I am now in this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think what my plan, right, is to is to starve myself for a good couple of weeks and then binge. You know, once a month, take a Sunday off for a weekend and you just... One thing that is happening in the world that linear is going down the drain because there's no value in linear TV anymore, especially with the internet, it's the new tech age. So I disagree with and, that, but I hear where you're going, but I, I, I disagree. 
Sure. Look, I'm not saying there's no space for it, but I mean like on demand is what it's about because the world's moving so fast. Sure, it's an instant gratitude kind of thing, but it's like glorific- instant glorification, not gratitude. Instant glorification kind of thing, but it's like, ah, hey, dude, I'm an actor. And if I want to enjoy your story, uh, and I work 12 hours a day on a particular schedule, on demand works for me. Yeah. And that's why even multi-choice has things like catch up where you can still take linear and drop it down to to like an on-demand kind of experience. Yeah. You know, which is kind of what me and my wife do. We'll, we'll wait but for you the can record it if it's not on catch-up. Yeah, understand. So that's like, I'm not saying there's no space for it, but I mean, on-demand is the shit. So <laughs> yeah. I, even this three thing, it still feels kind of linear to me. This three a week where you have to disconnect from the story for a bit, which is healthy for you, <laughs> which I I really recommend. I need, you I need watch it. more than three. I need at least twelve, like six. Six. No, I need it because there are shows which I genuinely believe needs to be a weekly, and then there are shows which are bingeable. Like Game of Thrones, if it came out as one pack, I would be too overwhelmed. In terms of even streaming, I think the Underground Railroad, had it come out weekly, I would have been able to stomach that a lot better than diving into this depthful body of work all at you're once. Right. You're right. You're so right. So I do right. think there is space pertaining to what type of body of work it is that you can then do. But now in wrapping, if people want to engage with you further following this podcast, get a get to know a bit more about you, where can they do so in terms of social handles? And also for those fans who are listening with regards to the wife, what is the message you'd like to kind of give to them as we close off? I would like to first thank every single person that has that is supporting us and loving the work that we have produced the love that we're receiving it's a blessing and i want to share the blessing with you guys and your social sir oh instagram at wenzo underscore poloba p-h-o-l-b-a facebook it's wenzo mobo and on Twitter, it's Gwenzo Wuhle, N-G-C-O-B. Yeah. And with you, sir, Koza. Oh, man, I just want to thank everyone who's just giving us attention, bro. Attention is, is not easy. It's easily sent in different directions. And so for all this attention to be on us right now is a blessing. Thanks to you, bro, and, and all that, Yaz, for having us here. Also, like, giving us a bit of a different experience in terms of this interview stuff because it's quite mechanical most times and it's, like, quite rehearsed. So this was really nice to kind of chat about, you know, what we do, how we do it, and dig into it in the way that we did. And to the supporters and fans, man, we love you. Thank you so much, dude. Like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm grateful. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm everything a human can possibly be. There's people out there who don't know me but believe in me and I just want to thank them. There's people who go out their way and send us texts. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. And like Wendell said, the best way we can pay it back or not pay it back, give it back, is by giving all of ourselves, dude, into that screen so you so 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 you guys can enjoy it. And yeah. Yeah. If if that's ever an exchange between us and the supporters, man, like yeah, I wanna give them everything I have, bro. And your social, so, sir, if people wanted to find you. I'm Bonko Koza, B-O-N-K-O-K-H-O-Z-A 
on on everything thank you guys so much for your time i really appreciated this i am already a fan of the show and can't wait to see where both the series and also the rest of your continuous careers continue to grow because i was not lying when i said you guys are very engaging thespians i love good acting i love engaging acting you guys continuously bring that so thank you for sharing your art and thank you for sharing your time with all that yes thank you so much bro thank you so much